Do you guys hear that now? Like, yeah, I do. I think that's new. I used yeah. to be able to just kind of hit record and we just kind of do it. I could not, put but... I could put not my consent or there was like another button saying like not okay. Really? Interesting. Yeah, we had to click continue continue, mm-hmm. which was new. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. No uh, non-consensual recording of uh, this beautiful face. It's true. Uh, well, I guess I guess that's valuable. Yes. No, it's not. Don't. It's not. <laughs> no. Don't don't give him any more ammunition, huh? Yeah. Okay. Don't feed his ego. It's huge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, are you guys ready? Should we Should we dive into this? Sounds good. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. So this is now episode number 32 of the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. Uh, so joining us today, we've got Nigel, we've got Ryan from DSX Motorsports, and we've got Jeanette from Red Queen Racing and from PPIR, and actually Dustix from PPIR as well. So today we wanted to talk about something that is something we've actually talked about kind of in the background or, or at, at events just amongst ourselves, but it, it, it keeps... It, it kind of keeps coming back, it, and it's it's something that, uh, that a lot of us have to deal with, and that is the stress of dealing with a track day or going to the track. Um, and I think it's you know going to the track or going to an event. I mean, the you know on the surface of it, I mean it's it's an exciting thing. I mean it, this is something that we all like to do. We love to do it. We love to get out to the track and drive. But it's this there's like this thing in the back of your mind that kind of sneaks in right as you're about to leave on a trip or you're about to go out to the track the day before, two days before, where all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what about this? Or, or you know, are you, are you ready? What could possibly happen? What could go wrong? And, and it's something that I think is, is totally normal. I think it hits pretty much anybody or could hit anybody. But for, for, for all of us, it's like some of us have found different ways to deal with it. And it's just such a, a thing that's come up enough that we figured, well, this would be a good topic to just kind of have a conversation about. Because I'm sure that there's, there's a lot of you listening that this, this, this is something that you deal with uh, when you're going to an event as well. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. So I guess maybe like uh, one of you guys, if you want to just kind of throw out like where, where is this come up in, in conversations uh, or, or where is it uh, come up for you guys so far? Um, so it's kind of funny. Me and Jeanette used to talk about, you know, anticipation and being antsy and you know, when you got that big test and you're all nervous about it and you kind of have a brain fart, I feel like racing cars is kind of like that. But I mean, for me personally, I've used that, like that antsiness, that anxiety and stuff. And I've used racing cars as, to spin it into a positive way. So now anytime I'm like anxious or I have anxiety or something, usually it's because something cool is about to happen. But I mean, I, I mean, first and foremost, I'm, that me trying to turn that negative stress into a positive thing has also helped other elements of my life where like, instead of like, Oh my God, I've got a test. Now it's like, let's go jam this thing out. Let's take number one, you know? And, and I mean, that's something I've been doing since I've been autocrossing for almost two decades now, because I'm getting old, but um, I mean, just for starters. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I actually do have a story that goes with what Ryan was just talking about, but I just, I, I hope you don't mind me asking, Ryan, do you ever get nervous in a negative way? Like, do the nerves ever get to you? I mean, I don't think so. I think sometimes I have to, like, psych myself up. So, like, just for a really quick example, 
uh, when I did SCCA uh, time trials a couple of years ago, I spent like the whole weekend working on the car. And then eventually the car was running good. And the night before the last competition day, I was helping other people work on their cars because I had didn't have the stress and you could see the stress on those dudes. But then I like drank way too much because people were handing me so many beers for helping them. I couldn't yeah. tell if that was like a 12 mil socket or a half inch drive, you know, half inch socket. I woke up the next day like, oh, my God, it was the fourth day of driving. I was like, this is not for me. Why am I here? And then it was like slap, slap. It was like, all right, cool. Let's go make something happen. So even sometimes, I mean, I have to like wake myself up to make it work, you know. So you did have that moment of like, I don't belong here. That did exist Kinda, for yeah. you. And yeah, the reason just, why I'm asking Ryan, because Ryan has such a, his exterior is so fun loving all the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, but, and I think, I think too, yeah, like a, a feeling of over being overwhelmed. Like that's for me, that's what it is. Is just, there's this, this feeling of just like what I'm about to do is just, there's just so much to it. I just don't know if I can do this. Like, I just don't know if I can make all of this happen. So it's just, it's more of a feeling of overwhelmed rather than a, a fear of like just general stress. It's just being overwhelmed more. There is a, a huge mix of emotions. Ryan's even made the joke. So my car number is 108. And the reason for that is that there's some Buddhist formula where you can experience like 108. Ryan's laughing already. Yeah. 108 emotions and feelings and experiences. Yeah. Like that's the, that's how the number and Ryan's like, you can experience all 108 in like 30 seconds. And it's true when you go racing for me anyway. Mm. There's a huge mix of emotions. So the reason why Ryan and I have discussed this whole anticipation energy and then feeling it either become anxiety or feeling it become excitement is because when I first started autocrossing and Ryan introduced me, um, I was going through a phase in my life where there was personal trauma and I was having anxiety for the first time. I never experienced anxiety before that. And when we went to the autocross and it just like felt so intense that the buildup to the, the, the get into the start line. But then when you're racing through and it was only like a, a 50 second course, my mind was like quiet for the first time in like a year and a half because all you that could exist was the driving. And that's honestly what, um, God, that's what clicked for me. That's why it's like, I'm never going to stop doing this again. Because for someone who didn't grow up with anxiety and had no coping mechanisms for it, to have experienced it as an adult and then find something that cleared my mind, for, like find a solution to it, that was it for me. So sure. the, the funny part of all of that is that I used racing as the coping mechanism for anxiety. And then you start going to time trial events where it is that overwhelming sensory overload of like, there's so much people, there's so much noise. There's like, what, what run group am I supposed to be in? Like there's, I'm spending 20 minutes, there's cars all around me. So it's, it's almost in a weird way, invited more anxiety <laughs> into my life <laughs> and chaos, but it's still, it's, it's controlled chaos in a lot of ways. And sure. um, it is, uh, every event's different for me. The last event at Pueblo, I didn't feel stressed at all. I did have a little bit of rage at one point because I got competitive. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, but other times I get really nervous and I start freaking out. I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't belong here. Yeah. <clears throat> the feeling well, of I don't belong here is like the, the biggest thing for me leading up to and like even in my first session every weekend. Like by lap two on track, I'm usually fine. And then I have that whole like, oh, right. This is, this is great. <laughs> I love this. This is, this is why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, but but 
every, like, I'd say a week before the event, I'd go through like this roller coaster of like, I'm so pumped. I'm so hyped. I can't believe I'm getting to go to the track again. It's so exciting to like, Oh my God, everything is going to be horrible and I'm not going to be prepared and I'm going to get there and stuff's going to go wrong. And then I'm like, no, I'm, I'm prepared. This is going to be great. It's going to be an amazing time. And then I get there and I'm like, Oh God, why did I do this? Why, why am I <laughs> choosing to do this with my life? And then I get out there and like lap one, I'm like trying to find my bearings and like, you know, if you, if you go out and you're in the middle of a run group for your first session, you know, you're worrying about where the other cars are. And like, I, I care way too much about like stuff that doesn't exist or doesn't matter when I'm in that first lap for sure. Just, I can't shut my brain off that quickly. And then as soon as I start my first hot lap, it's just, then it goes quiet. Like you said, and it's just like, Oh, right. This is, this is it. Yeah. Well, and for me, I think there's, there's a real similarity between stress and excitement. It's almost like, yeah. kind of like to your, your first point, Ryan, like, the feeling it's really, really close and it's hard to tell, like, am I stressed or am I excited? And so I can totally see Ryan, like, because of that similarity, if you can kind of take it from a, a feeling of overall stress and kind of merge it or move it over to a, just excitement, I mean, that would certainly be one way to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, it's, it's one of those things too, where like, if you have stress in, in just a, a normal day to day situation, it's, you can kind of feel that sense of excitement come up, but it's like, wait a minute, is this, am I just feeling more stressed for what I'm about to do? Or is this actually a good thing? You know, it's, it's hard to kind of like get yourself mentally set in the right way. But like, to your point, uh, you know, having an approach to deal with that is, I mean, there's, there's a value in that in driving, there's a value in that in competing, but there's a real value in that in just day-to-day -day life. So it's, there's, there's a real motivation to try and kind of work on that or, or develop techniques to kind of sort that out. And I, I, think, I that, think that, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead, you're fine. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think racing does teach you that because mm -hmm. it is, it, you do have, and it's a little bit of this uh, roller coaster of, of you have this angst and then you pull up to that starting line and then the excitement settles in and then you're driving and you do learn to, to turn anticipation into excitement, not anxiety. And I've experienced that. I remember before I started working at PPIR, I went to a job interview at where Ryan and I worked before a corporate office in Texas. And I was so stressed out the entire time until we landed. And then all of a sudden I was so excited. And I was just so happy throughout the entire interview process. And it was like my body at that point got trained. It was like muscle memory of like, oh, you're stressed out, be happy. This is a good thing. It's like a weird addictive like self-destructive thing now <laughs> it's like oh we're stressed out we're happy <laughs> mm. that, yeah that's that's a that's a tough line to walk that's for sure <laughs> yeah one of one of the best things i've heard about just like uh trying to kind of consciously form stress into something positive is is kind of like what you said ryan is just to think of it as like don't, don't think of it as stress or, or anything negative. Just think of it as I have this extra energy and I'm going to be able to use that extra energy for this task. You know, mm -hmm. so when you, when you feel that stress, just think of it as in terms of the energy that it, that it brings to you and that you can actually use that energy to whatever you're trying to get done. Yeah. And I mean, not trying to be a life coach by any means, but sometimes I think we stress out in the moment about stuff that can't be changed anymore or, I mean, think about taking a test. I mean, you've only 
studied as much as you can up to that point. Once you get in that environment, I mean, it's, if you continue to worry about, oh my God, I didn't study enough, you're not going to perform as well as if you were like, all right, fuck it, let's just do it. And racing yep. cars is kind of like that. And I witnessed it last weekend with my buddy, Robbie Jackson, who unfortunately ended up blowing his motor. So mm. somewhat rightfully so, but he was so stressed out in his first couple of sessions driving the car about what it was doing. And did that make a noise? And oh my God, or what about this? Or what about that? That like, you can't change it. Like up to that point, you can only, there's nothing else you can do about it. And, um, and so thinking about all those things really takes away from what you're trying to actively do, whether it's taking a test or driving a car. Yeah. And he was really, he couldn't change anything that had happened. He worried about it in the, in the moment and didn't get to drive the car until like really the day that it actually broke, which mm. kind of sucks. But at least up into that moment, he said, fuck it. The check engine lights on. I, I'm just going to go out and drive. He did go his fastest run that, that session. It did break, but he spent so much of time thinking about because nothing he was doing, you know, there wasn't anything like he would pull over on the side of the track and make an adjustment and then go back out there. And anything like right. you're literally up to that point. I mean, that's all you can do. I, I definitely take that with me a lot when I drive too. It's, you can't think like on track, you can notice stuff like, oh my God, that's a weird vibration to come in, but you can't think, oh my God, is that, is there going to be a vibration that starts, you know? Yep. Do you, do you think that comes with um, like self-confidence and do you think that that self-confidence can be gained through experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there has to be a point just with everything in life. I mean, and self-confidence is one of those things. And I think driving Driving in a competitive environment with results, like measurable results are one of those things that can help build self-confidence. Like even if you're dead last place, you can see, shit, I improved five seconds, like just from one session to the next, like that's a measurable result and that builds a little bit. And then eventually you can tick up to like, oh my God, I'm the third fastest car of the weekend, you know? And then you're like, okay, that's sick and helps self-confidence. But it also like, like you're saying that experience lends to that, you know, especially in a competitive environment where you have, you're, you're actually being measured, which some people don't like being in the spotlight, you know, but you're, you are being measured and you make these goals or you, you have these achievements and it helps, I think, quiet the mind down because like, I know when I drive, I drive the best when I'm not even thinking about what's going on. Like literally just driving off my fingertips. That didn't happen overnight. I mean, that's just like 10 years, you know, to get to that point. And some people like Jeanette, I think get there a lot faster, but every now and then we have to remind ourselves to just like, you know, calm your, you know, calm your cheer, you know, hit your yeah. cheer. What is it, Jeanette? You know, where you basically just quiet your mind and yeah. you just go out and do like what you've been preparing to do that whole time. I, I would say, I would call it being in the moment. Like, yeah, like what, totally. whatever you're doing, especially when you're in the car, you need to focus on being in that moment and driving the car. Because it's like if you're, if you're pulling your car on, on track, you could, you could be worried about every noise that you hear, every, every piece of input or vibration or whatever that you're feeling. But any amount of that worry is not going to do any good in that scenario. It's, right. it's almost like you have to have like a go, no-go. Like if you're pulling onto track and there's something that like is, is causing your concern to really trip, like, Hey, there's smoke coming out of the engine. Mm -hmm. You should, the only thing you can do, like worrying about the smoke, 
you, that's not going to do anything. You've got to pull over and deal with that issue. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have any concern that's enough to the point where you would actually pull the car off track or pull back into the pits, you kind of have to then put yourself in, in the mode of, of being in the moment of driving and just focus on driving. And kind of like mm -hmm. what you said, Jeanette, I mean, some of the, some of the enjoyment of the kind of event uh, or doing something like driving is that you can just put 100% of your focus into what you're doing. And that's, that's a, it can be a fun feeling. And then it's just something where once you really put all of your focus on what you're doing, that's when, that's when driving is the most fun or, or, or a lot of other events like, uh, you know, skiing or, or, you know, downhill bike racing or something like that. Those, those have that similar feeling of just, it takes 100% of your focus to really do this at your best. Yeah. And it takes time, honestly. It takes it, it, it yeah. takes endurance to to teach yourself because an autocross, when I first did it, it's only a, a fifty second run. It's and then your mind just goes blank. But when you're on the doing a session for time trials, you're out there for twenty minutes. And if you're yeah. not out there, like I've gone out on sessions and I'm thinking about other things while I go out and I drive terribly. <laughs> or um, the last uh, open lapping day I did at Pueblo, they had like fifty minute sessions. And the car could keep going longer than I could just because after about 20 minutes, I noticed that my focus would start to stray. I would start thinking about other things. I was like, okay, it's time to go in because you're no longer focusing. So if, if and I, I wanted to mention that just in case if anyone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I can go drive and my mind will be clear. And it's like, no, it might take time to build up that endurance for it. And that's okay. You just have to be aware. Like once the minute that your mind starts to wander, make sure that you're being safe. Stay check in with yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a difference where like you're, you're just allowing everything else to kind of fall away and having your focus be just driving. But then when you get to a high level of driving, there's, it kind of goes the other direction where all of a sudden it takes such a level of concentration to try and really be pitched, you know, inch perfect on every piece of input that you're giving the car and to hit your marks and do what you want to do that all of a sudden it, it can become actually like mentally fatiguing to really like be in that mode for, for long periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think other... like I, people ask me, people ask me like what my driving is or what line did you drive? And I think I go into like this hyper unfocused focus, if that makes sense, where I basically am just like kind of looking, it's not even like that. It's like my brain isn't recording anything unless like one of those little things are happening, you know, we're like, Oh my God, there's smoke or whatever. My wheels about to fall out. But I almost go into like this blank mode where I'm just out there just literally feeling it. And, um, and I get back in the pit and then just everything will rush back together. Like at Washington, mm. it was like that. I, um, I went out my, you know, that second day for that one session to beat Adam Harding. And I just went out there and it just cleared my, my mind just went blank. I went and drove, came back in, and uh, I was literally like bawling mm. in, the, uh, in the paddock because like, you kind of start, I was like re recollecting things. And then I like saw the time that I ran and like, like I could have went faster, but oh my God, it was so awesome. And just like the whole time I'm driving, I'm not getting caught up in any of that stuff. I'm not like thinking about anything. I'm not, it's not emotional. It's not anything. I'm not pushing my, I mean, sometimes I'm pushing myself, but like, I kind of like step back into this weird, like blank phase and I just go out there and it just happens. I mean, that's something that, like Nigel is kind of saying, I think you do I think you have like the focus, you get more focus, more focus. And all of a sudden you just take this weird mental step back and then shit just happens. Yeah. And then it all comes rushing back together. I couldn't do that for two hours. You know, I can do right. that for six minutes. 
uh, as far as I know, but yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to just, I think that's like that weird, that weird phase, you know, yeah. it and just takes that, time to get to. Yeah. Is that something that you've experienced more recently? Like after oh, yeah. a few years of recent hardcore that didn't, they didn't connect like that right away. No, I feel like that's something that's been happening more this year than anything. And, um, you know, we've driven a ton of stuff and, like when I do endurance racing, like the last endurance race I did was in uh, Josh Fitzpatrick's car. I kind of went in in that first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of driving, like really super focused and super rigid. Oh, my God, the car's squirrely. And oh, my, I don't like this. And oh, my God, that. And then I just kind of like relaxed and then had like a huge chunk of time where I was kind of driving at like that focus. But I never got to where I just like stepped back and just let it happen, you know. And I feel like this year I've been able to like, you get that focus level up and then I just step back and then it just happens. Does that make sense? It does. But I mean, but it's weird. It's, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's like letting, you know, trusting your, your instincts and trusting your reflexes to, you mm-hmm. know, have a lot more control over the inputs and the driving that you're doing versus trying mm-hmm. to be like it, like in total control in real time of everything mm-hmm. that you're doing. The example that comes to mind is is uh, hitting a fastball. So I, I was reading something, and, and forgive me if if I'm I'm off on this slightly, but it's something to the effect that you know there's there's you can time somebody's reflexes and like how how quickly like you see a, a light or you see the ball leave the the pitcher's hand, and how quickly you can consciously react to an event. And like a major league fastball gets to the catcher's mitt before, like faster than you should be able to consciously react. Mm-hmm. So like, like a, like when you're standing up there and trying to hit a fastball, it's actually your subconscious that is hitting that fastball versus you trying to be able to like be like tight grips and control of everything that you're doing at that moment to right. hit the fastball because you, you can't react fast enough. And it's, right. it's like, you're, you're just kind of letting your subconscious do more of the driving than, than trying to be like really, really controlling uh, in that, at that, at that point. It reminds so me, oh, go ahead, Nigel. Okay. Um, something that I've always wanted to like ask other drivers is in those moments, do you talk to yourself in your helmet or are you like quiet? It depends. <laughs> I mean, I look at some of my video and I'll notice <laughs> like where you kind of have like a, a conscious reflection all of a sudden, and then you start driving um, where I can see, I always run a lap time where I can see it and I do it for a couple reasons but the biggest one is like when I see that I'm really hitting my marks then I kind of like kind of jump forward a little bit and then I'm like actually doing it and um and then those moments that's when you know when that's happening because you'll hear it in my thing like let's go let's go let's go I won't even know that's happening until like that pops up in my head like a good example is like when I was driving my Civic at High Plains at that SCCA time trials and I was on pace for like a 107 or 108 and I had no idea that that was happening I was just driving hitting my marks and just kind of like by the fingertips and I'm coming around eight and I see a a Corvette kind of driving down into 10 and it pops I see it in my mind and I I literally like like right there and then I drove Mm -hmm. with you know all my tactile functions right first and foremost and then I still ran that time. I might, I don't know if I'd have been faster or slower, but that was one of those moments where when I'm talking to myself in my video, I know that's what's happening. I'm coming like from the reflexes to like, this is what's happening right in front of me. And I know that's what's happening because I, I couldn't tell you what I was doing literally leading up to turn eight. Like, did I hit my marks out of five? Did I do this? Did I keep it in? 
just the stuff I was already working on, but from eight all the way to the finish, I can tell you exactly where I put the car because mm. that's, that was like, I woke up almost, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think, I, I think I'm talking to myself, but actually when <clears throat> there's like, but when their GoPros in the car, you don't hear me at all. So I'm like, I'm like thinking really loudly to myself. So I think mm. I'm talking out loud, but it's, it's, and for me, it's mostly, it's just like, if there's a certain corner, I know I need a late break. I can break even later in. I just need to be braver. I'm yelling at myself. Like, break late, break late. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, you fucking mm. don't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's the extent of my talking to myself or the occasional F-bomb. But... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the verbal motivator yeah the rage yeah. the rage the rage is more vocal <laughs> yeah well and, and and let's let's kind of take it back one step in in which is it sounds like i mean we've all gotten found some way to get to this point where we can let everything else drop away but i mean do you recall a time where it was really hard to get to that point well and it's and it sounds like we've all had that that path where we've had to find a way to get to that point where we can just let everything drop away and focus on the task at hand which is driving but it's like maybe maybe let's talk about some more techniques about that uh, in addition to just just kind of a mindset for driving because that's i think that's one of the bigger barriers that a lot of people can get into is just like it's it's even like for me it's the day before it's like trying to to get ready to leave the next morning to go to the track it's like falling asleep that night or being to the point where i'm like everything that i can do today is now done i've got to just go to bed and get up in the in the morning and then do what i've got to do that's that sometimes for me is, is one of the trickiest parts to get through to just get on with the next day at hand so for think, me I'll, no I'll go ahead Nigel. Um, I'll relate this back to the scope creep conversation we had sure. where like there has to be an ending point or an ending goal. And that time has to come before you're ready to go to the track. So like the way that I handle it is if my car is not ready the day before an event, I'm not going to go to that event because I'm never going to be in a place where I'm prepared enough, like, like Ryan is where he can go to an event, work on his car at the event and get out on the final day or something. I know that that's not a possibility for me. So I have to make sure much earlier in advance. And I found that out through experience. That wasn't like, um, just something I knew my first time I went to Ohio, I had to do all kinds of work on the car at the track and I hated it. And that made the entire weekend just like the epitome of, and anxiety, stress response weekend. It was horrible. Um, and that, yeah, it, but that, that taught me that having a goal, setting it um, early and giving yourself a buffer. So you're like, okay, the week before the car needs to go to this event, it's going to be ready and prepped and, and done. And I'm not working on it anymore. And then going through your checklists of stuff. So I've created checklists for things like going over all my equipment is, do I need to replace anything like my driver gear? I got holes in my gloves, so I have to replace those or something or whatever, like making sure that's all done like well in advance. So the night before you're just reviewing everything and you're just like, okay, cool. Check, 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 check. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I picked up the trailer yesterday. Everything was in good shape on the trailer. Cars all loaded up, ready to go. First thing in the morning, we're going to do this. We're going to get breakfast and we're on the road. Like, having that like schedule so set so early is one of the things that for me takes away a huge amount of the stress. You're a planner. Yeah. 
I'm not. I hate it. No. But, I try to be just for this. but that's that's a that's a huge thing to discover that 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 technique really helps reduce your stress level. And it's like having a list, having a schedule. It, that's that's something like once you find that, then that's that's really helpful to know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Jeanette can attest to this. I have like ways I like to do things, but I don't have a priority on doing anything. So like, for mm. example, when I travel, I like to get on the road the night before. And even if it's like an hour and just drive like whatever direction I'm trying to get to an hour or two or a hundred miles away from, from home. And like it does for me, it does two things. One, when I wake up in the morning, you're already on the road and you just go. And two, and this helps with the RV, of course. And two, it kind of like creates like a hard, that's it. You know, yep. I mean, everything up to this point is done. Everything like, that you forgot is behind you. I mean, I've been driving down the road 15 minutes, like, oh shit, and turn around and got stuff, you know, which is kind of nice because that always happens. Yeah. But or an hour like and a half. Whole, We've turned yeah. around an hour and a half before. <laughs> go ahead, sorry. Yeah. But, Four I mean, hours for but, me is my longest. Oh, yeah, man. but I mean, starting like if if normally I would leave, if normally people would leave in the morning to leave to an event, I like to try and leave the night before, even if it's like nine o'clock at night, because mm. it gives me a little bit of flexibility. It puts me in that road mindset already where I'm yeah. like literally like, all right, we're driving. And when I wake up in the morning, walk the dogs, grab a burrito and then hit the road. Whereas it seems like every time I'm trying to go somewhere to do something and I'm leaving from like the morning of there's always these delays. Like there's always these things. There's always that thing in my mind and there's always something and you get out and it's like 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And not only am I like a hundred miles behind where I would have been, but I'm also like five hours behind driving. Right. So there, it's I that mean, difference between getting ready to leave and actually leaving and going on the road. Yeah. Like it's funny, like with my kids, I, when we, whenever we're going anywhere, like even, even like 15 minutes down the road, it's like, to get them out the door is a challenge because it's like, Oh, well, I need this. I need this. I need this to get them mm -hmm. close to the door. Wait, I forgot this. But then there's that transition of like, once you're out the door, once you're in the car and you pull out of the driveway, it's like your, your mindset shifts at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just like one of the, I, I'm not quite the planner like Nigel is. And I have definitely worked on that car literally up to minutes before loading it on a trailer. Um, but I have, uh, um, and I kind of have a little bit of an advantage, like Nigel was saying, where I can, I'm confident that I know I can keep going and, you know, and fix that or finish that or do this or do that. But um, mm -hmm. the, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have like a set plan. I just know that like, I feel good when I leave this and I feel behind when I leave then, you know, and that's the only thing I try and do. And I think for people like Jeanette's traveled with me quite a bit, which has been pretty nice. But for people who aren't used to traveling with me and do their own thing, it's probably like Ryan Sotak wanted to go with me to nationals. Like I'll, I'm going to leave Tuesday night and not Wednesday morning. He's like, really? I'm like, I just like, it's in my brain. Like that's the thing I like to do, you know? And mm -hmm. I think finding that process like Nigel has or Nigel does, yeah. I think really helps too. Even if it's something is not concrete as like, I'm just going to do this instead, you know? Yeah. Cause there's me, a lot of mid, there's a lot of midnight prep, you know, there's a lot of stuff sure. that you got to do. Well, for me, the, the thing that where I get overwhelmed is thinking about all the possible outcomes or all the things like trying to think of every possible issue or error or failure that I might run into and trying to account for it. 
And, and that's where like, as I, as I keep trying to think of other possible outcomes or possible things to consider, that's where it just like everything just kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And what I, what I've tried to kind of remind myself of is that you cannot plan for every possible outcome. It's just not possible. And so as I, as I start to feel myself spiraling out of control there, what I try and remind myself is it, this is kind of like what you've said, Ryan, is I can't plan for every possible outcome, but I can know that I have, I have a skill set and an experience that I can rely on so that whatever does come up, I have a lot of tools that I can bring to whatever that situation is. And so that's, it, it's kind of shifting for me. It helps me shift from being feeling overwhelmed and stressed to kind of transitioning into a, coming from a place of confidence from like I've done X, Y, and Z. I've got all the tools. I've got every tool that I own, whatever happens, you know, I, I've, I've got everything that I can throw at it right now. And, and I'll, I'll probably be able to figure something out. And it's just, it's, that's, once I can make that transition, then that's usually where I kind of can kind of feel the stress level goes down and just kind of like, okay, now let's, let's just take, take the next, the next thing that comes up. I don't, I don't, I'm so different from you guys. <laughs> the, the getting ready and going. So mind you, if, if there's anything happening to my car, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a wreck. I'm crying. But yeah. as, 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 when the car is put together and it's getting into the trailer, that's not the stressful part for me at all. It's, it's always at the track. Mm. It's, it's before that first session. It's even in the middle of the day. Um, that's where it's, it's overwhelming and stressful. Um, and then you, you asked earlier if we could think of it at a specific time, and there have been times, and Ryan probably thought it was a psycho, where in between run sessions, I don't meditate, but I, I feel like that's something I would benefit from in life. And I felt like I kind of had to, like, I laid on the ground because I was, like, so stressed out and so freaked out. This is when we were first doing open lapping. I think it was before our first grid life. Hmm. And I, it was at High Plains Raceway, and I laid on the ground, and I had my eyes closed, and I just listened to everything that was happening to me. Like, I had to, like do the best that I could to clear my mind. And I just, and I was just listening to the noise of the car. I was listening to the crunching of people walking by. And, and I think Ryan just it, like, he just ignored me. He just, <laughs> he just thought it was crazy, but like it was, it was that center in myself and calming down before. And then like before getting in the car and going. So the, the packing part doesn't stress me out too much. Um, and that's probably because I'm naive. I don't know what can go wrong. So nothing's going to go wrong. But what, before yeah. I go on the session for the driving, that's where I freak, that's where my freakouts happen. So I should I should say to <laughs> clarify the the organization and trying to get stuff done like a week in advance is to try and relieve that level of anxiety because I get that at the track. Mm -hmm. So Jeanette and I have talked about this before, where like we get to the track and we have that like super high stress level. I still get that, but the only way that I can like manage that is if all this other stuff is taken care of that I can try and like I know I'm going to worry about whether or not the trailer is ready to go for a week before I have to go I know I'm going to worry about whether or not my car is ready to go for a week before I have to go there uh, I know I'm going to worry about a million things and then once I'm at the track all those worries then switch to is my car going to break am I like and the whole like belonging there thing hmm. Am I doing anything right? You know, am I in the right grid place? Am I, am I joining the grid at the right time? That was such a huge stress for me at my first event was like, um, being in the right place at the right time. Like, yeah. am I, am I supposed to be in this line? Am I in the right place in line? And 
like nobody's telling me I'm doing it wrong, but does that mean they're just not telling me that or like, they don't actually know themselves. That's, that's the secret <laughs> to a lot of these events. No one knows anything. Right. Especially <laughs> at Grid Life. <laughs> sure. but, but going to your first event and, and not knowing any of that, having zero experience, I was just like, uh, okay, they did a first call to Grid. I have to go and sit in line for 20 minutes and sit in my car and not move and not do anything. So then it, it's also like um, time felt like it moves different throughout the weekend. The beginning of the weekend when you're like first settling in and you're first like finding out where you're going to be gridded or you're doing like a qualifying session or whatever that time feels really constrained like 20 minutes feels like five hours i only have well oh. the other the other way around <laughs> where like like yeah. um i only have five minutes to prepare my car for this i have to like i gotta go put my suit on and put my helmet on and get ready i have no time and then you're you're through your session and it was super quick and you're like okay i gotta get ready for my next session already and it mm -hmm. just it just goes by super fast because you're so busy like or for me i'm so busy stressing about every single part of it and then by the end of the weekend i've found the flow i understand how things work like your first time going to a new track i don't know where the where the um oh, what do they call it the, the second grid yeah they're so not the hot pit the lane false the, grid, but the yeah. false grid I don't know where that is. I'm trying to find somebody who I don't know to follow and hope that they're going to the false grid so that I go to the right place and I see my number somewhere. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. And then by the end of the weekend, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, of course I can help you out because you missed three sessions and this is your first session. Just follow me. You know, it's so funny because I, I've become comfortable being the stupid girl of like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. And, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm totally okay with that. I'm okay being lost um, until I started working at PPIR and, and people who I don't even know recognize me a little bit. And like it happened at um, NCM where I was in grid or in the false grid and somebody was like, just checking. I was like, how's things going? Yeah, we're good. You're ready. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And they walked away and then they came back like, you work for PPIR, don't you? And there's something about that that creates this level of like, oh, I should know what I'm doing. So I can't look <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so that's where that's where the feeling for me not belonging started to kick in. But um, I I just you just I you just gotta have some humor with it. I think it's okay to look a little stupid as long as you're not being that idiot who's unsafe or driving all over the track with oil dumping everywhere or whatever. But right. as long as I think you just have to find the humor in it. Like oh I fucked up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well and and I think. I mean, I think I probably do this and, and Jeanette, maybe this is what you're kind of what you're alluding to is like, you feel like you, you cannot make a wrong step. Like if you, if you're not perfect and doing everything that you need to do, being where you need to be at every right moment, that somebody's going to get mad at you or they're going to kick you out or whatever. And the reality is just like you said, like most of the time, there's a lot of people that just that don't, that don't really have a sense of, of what, what has to happen. And they're just kind of like in the in the vicinity, and they, they're like, yeah, it's all going to work out. And, Which and I that, think, yeah, I think ahead, that just sorry. a lot of people like so, some of us really obsess about all those details, and some people are just like, I know that I'm supposed to get on the track. I'm going to go by the track entrance, and I'll just it'll it'll work itself out. And I, I really have a tough time going. It'll work itself out with pretty much anything in life. But I think that there's some points where it just like to let go and just like, I don't have to be perfect. I just, I just mm -hmm. get, get enough of the details to get like 
in the area that I need to be in and it'll all just kind of fall into place. And it so, does kind of go both ways. Sorry, I'm just gonna say this real quick. Yeah. Because the more disorganized that the organization is, the more clustered that they are, the less security that the drivers will feel. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that at different places and multiple times, but the more uh, organized that they are, it's, it's easier to manage, but at the same time, they sometimes are a little bit too strict about the way that things are supposed to run. So if you do make a mistake, no one's laughing about it with you. They're all like, right. come on. So it goes both ways where like if the, if the organization's a little bit more chill and they're a little bit more relaxed, then everybody has less guidance. But if they're a little bit more strict about it, then you feel like you're, there's less room for error. There's less yeah. forgiveness on it. And I've, I've experienced it both ways. Because I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Or, sorry, I was, I was saying, I'm reminded of um, Jensen Button when he won the Monaco Grand Prix. It's Formula One. So like super strict, follow every rule. It's in Monaco. I've been there. They're super strict as like a principality. You have to follow every rule when you're there. He parks his car after the race. He didn't know that you were supposed to park it at the start finish line when you won the race he parked it in the pit lane and had to jog all the way out the pit lane around and back up to the start finish line to go get the trophy mm -hmm. and it's like that's exactly where like nobody cared nobody oh, yeah. nobody nobody was bothered by it like he this is like the top level of motorsport super strict people and like okay dude come on like that's an easy mistake to make but like act like you've been there before i guess and there's so many different like ways to take that but i feel like it's one of those like if you can see that happen in formula one and everybody was like yeah it's it's cool everybody makes a mistake you know no big deal if you can try to channel that that's kind of how in my experience everything's been for the events that we have that i've most, been to most of the time that's it i mean it, like i i can't i mean i haven't done as as many events as you guys have but i can't think of any circumstance where somebody was like not where they needed to be exactly at the moment that they needed to be and then got kicked out for the whole rest of, of an event. It's like, you might miss a track session, but yeah. you know, it's just, it's well, there's just not that high of stakes. I've even missed a session. Like I got gridded in, I don't know, like group B or something for grid life. And mm -hmm. I couldn't make it out in time for that session. I was working on the car and I went over and talked to him like, Hey, I missed my session. Can I run with group C? I'm, I was the last car gridded in B anyway. And they're like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Just go out and run into C, find a spot. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, cool. It's that easy to just like miss your, miss your spot or like be in the wrong place or like, hey, I didn't, I didn't make it out in time. Can I run with the next group? And usually they're like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. Like as long as you're not like un do, doing it for an unsafe reason or like right. doing something dangerous or, or dumb, I guess. Yeah. It's something where, you know, you know, we always talk about um, that idea. You fake it till you make it. Mm, yeah. Sure. You know, so there's this quote I heard in a song the other day, and I can't remember the, the exact quote. And I was actually trying to look it up. So that's why I was being that guy. But uh, um, uh, basically, it's talking like we don't know how like the, the galactic is of the gal galaxy. We don't know, you know, why this thing is this way or why this thing is that way. And. But whether we know the answers to all those things is going to happen no matter what, just like you breathe without knowing or thinking about breathing, kind of like the more you do this, you show up to an event and you just do it and you don't have to know all the specifics of how it all works to do it. You just, 
do what you can. And it just becomes eventually, you know, just like breathing or just like the galaxy exists, you know, you don't have to know all the specifics to it. You know, you just do it. And that's all it takes sometimes just going. And I feel like that the, the frequency of going to events, just like Ryan's saying, it really does help because so last year I was having a season of listening to the car too much. Like there was something wrong with the car. I understand the car. I wasn't driving. And I feel like I lost a lot of driving ability or I lost a lot of confidence in my driving ability. So when Ryan and I went to the Ridge, which was our first event this year, I was kind of a a wreck, like in my head, like my mental game was totally off. And then driving the car reminded me why I was doing it. And then at NCM, I was building more and more confidence, but I wasn't willing to push Ryan's car because there's a high, there's high risk at that track. Mm -hmm. And I, it all, like all my anxiety and my lack of confidence fell off because all I wanted to do was push a car hard. Mm-hmm. So then at, by the time I went to Pueblo in my car, like there was no anxiety. I was just so excited to be like, yeah, I'm going to just push it. I'm going to break late. Like I'm, I'm going to just hug, hug this car in the corners. So it, the, the building up of the event really, really does help. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, it's, it's the experience to kind of figure out mentally what, what you need to prepare and mentally like building up the mental skills. Like how can I, how can I go to an event and really get myself in the mindset that I need to be in to a have fun, but also to, you know, be fast, go, you know, do what I need to do. Um, so something else that you guys mentioned, like, okay, so Jeanette and Ryan travel a lot together. Um, what's your support system look like at the track? Is it just you guys, do you guys try to like, you know, do you talk to a lot of the other drivers and stuff when you're at an event or like, how does your, how does your support system look when you're, when you're there to handle that stress? I can take that one if you want, Ryan, or do you want to go? Yeah, I I definitely think you should. So Ryan and I um, are complete opposites at the track as far as social. Ryan is out in the paddocks. He's talking to everybody. He's he's very social. And I'm very like, I'm, I'm, I'm not meditating, but I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, don't, you don't exist. I'm focused, like go away. So we're total opposites when it comes to that, but we've developed a really good system because um, every event that we've been to this year, we've, we've driven the same car. Hmm. So we've developed a really good system of whoever the driver is of that day or of that session, the other person's the pit crew. So uh, we both know how to do all the same things and we know where the tire pressures are, the communication's all there. We all know the expectations. We're helping each other even in his car buckle because his car is a beast to get in, buckle hmm. in and everything um, and turn it on cameras, all, all of that. And then if Ryan is instructing, uh, which he did a couple of times, a run in TT at Pueblo, I do more of the pit work, but if it's an open lapping day, which we've done a couple of times and there's no competition, he basically does all the pit work. So we, we just, we've totally have developed just whatever the other person is doing. We adapt the needs to that person. And then he goes off and socializes and, and be Ryan. And then I go and hide away from people. That's, that's basically our track weekend. <laughs> yeah. So would I mean, you say that having, would you say that having a person there, like with you that, that close and that tight for a whole weekend, like helps relieve that stress? For me, it does, especially because Ryan is so mechanically inclined. So I love it when he co-drives with me, especially in the BRV, because if something goes wrong with the BRV, he's going to get it fixed. And so he can get a drive, drive it again. So mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's that insurance for me of like, if it breaks down, it's okay. Ryan's going to fix it. And it's not doing me a huge favor. Like, I don't feel like I'm in debt to him because he's driving it too. 
So I'll keep letting dry, Ryan drive my car just to keep it running. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to Wait. your point, Nigel, I, I just, I think I, I was trying to mentally check and I don't think I've ever gone to the track by myself. And I think oh. if I would ever go to the track just completely solo, like not know anybody else, I would be an absolute just stress case. But like mm-hmm. for me, like having anybody else there, it like it deflects, it, it keeps me out of my own head just enough. Like, so like, Hey, where's, where's Nigel? Where's, where's Ryan? Or like check in with somebody or like to know that, Hey, something happened. I don't know what just happened. And I have somebody that I can talk to, to try and figure it out. That's that. Any, even just having one person that I know I can reach out to is, is a massive help. I think that's part of my, I think that's part of my socialness too. I mean, we went to the first grid life, for example, and we barely, we really didn't know anybody. We had Frank there with us and stuff. And, and it definitely put me out, but I think it was when I broke my transmission, like on the first day, but I think it was really one of those experiences where I'm already a social person and I start connecting and start connecting those dots and start bringing it together. Like even this, this company is one of my good buddies that I met on, you know, on the other part of the country. And I think that's kind of, I like doing the social thing and I always kind of bring in that network kind of around me because we're a fun loving dude and having a good time and stuff like that. But like Jeanette taking the, the question earlier with or in this moment was fun because when we got back from Pueblo, Jeanette texted me. He's like, Hey, you know, I really like being at these events with you, even in my own car, because it's fun to just drive the car and sit and pout if I'm not going as fast as I want to or find out ways to go faster or beat you, which she beat me on Saturday. Um, but it is, I like it. I like like when helping her on the paddock day or on the, the open lapping day, I didn't want to drive. I wanted to drive, but I didn't want to drive at the same time. I like kind of being like, do this, do that. I'm torquing the wheels down, get out of my way. I'm putting the fuel in. Like you just think about driving. I, mm. I enjoy doing that without having the pressure that like the paid guys do. Cause I look at like some of these dudes on these paid teams with these guys are like throwing their helmets, cussing, like reckless in the paddock, like even at a NASA event. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself like, man, and those poor guys got to work on this dude's car and figure out what's wrong with it. And that's how he's behaving. Whereas mm-hmm. me and Jeanette kind of have more of like, um, like, you know, Hey, fix this. Or can you help me with that? Or I'm already on it. I think it's like definitely a more symbiotic relationship as far as at the track goes and and it's fun like i like tinkering but i i'm glad i'm not swapping transmissions you know so i like yeah. kind of tinkering and i like taking care of stuff i like getting everything set up and you know where just like you get in the car you put on your belts and your suit and everything and you just go and when i get back i'm taking care i, I do enjoy it but i i there's also the end goal of like i'm excited to drive the car this weekend too i don't think i could ever just like transport a car work for an unhinged person and then deal with that like stress. Cause I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. You're slow. But, um, <laughs> but it's kind of fun to be like with Jeanette or even co-driving with anybody like co-driving with Nick or co-driving, you know, other people's cars and stuff to just be on a team. You know, I definitely think that helps. And we've talked about it, me and Scotty and Scotty's not here right now, but we've talked about it before. I know Jeanette and I've talked about it before. I mean, there's an advantage if you're new to an event, bringing somebody on with you who has experience because they do know where everybody's supposed to be. They do know where the false grid is. They do know how just the general like environment is like going to grid life now is like, it's almost funny in in the comparison. Like, do you know where you're at? I was like, 
yeah, I'll figure it out. Like, why are you that stressed? Yeah. Like, how could, you know, you know that like running with grid life or running with global time attack or NASA or SCCA or whatever, like you kind of got a feel of it and bringing somebody with you to do that event and you've never been there before, I think definitely helps out a ton. And you know, the, the community really, really steps up because I've been to events without yeah. Ryan and I've been to events with other, with other drivers co-driving my car and I've been to events by myself. Um, and I've been to events by myself before the supercharger. So it was back when the car was very predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and every single time, so like even our first grid life, I remember I was panicked trying to figure out where am I supposed to go? Like, how does this work? Like, how do I even know when I go up? And um, I went up to the tower thinking that it was like an information area. And I ran into another driver um, who, who just totally just answered all my questions. And he was totally chill about it and super excited for me and kind of gave me his confidence a little bit just in his own excitement. Um, and then I've, I've been to other events where people loan tools and I have also, I mean, poor Ryan, I've been to events without him and I'm calling him like, Hey, what do I do? <laughs> this happened. Mm-hmm. And so the community really does step up, but it is, it is a little bit more unpredictable of like that. If there is going to be someone there who you can rely on if you need them. I, I've, I don't think I've ever been to an event where there was more than maybe just one or two drivers or crews that were standoffish almost everybody like there's if you just start walking around the panic like man i can't remember uh, i think it was is when victor came to high plains and he had this uh one of his rear subframe bushings just like completely oh, yeah. fell out of his car and so i'm walking around to everybody that's there hey do you happen to have a, a giant washer that we could use to try and hold this thing together and everybody's like ah, sorry man i don't but most people were like let me look through my toolbox like no i don't have anything and and we ended up finding something that worked but it's like yeah, I think within, for, for generally speaking, in, in, in driving and motorsports, you can actually put a lot of faith in the people that are out there because there, there's, there really is a community feeling out there. There really are. There's going to mm-hmm. be, be somebody or a, a number of people that are more than happy to just help out. I should start telling myself that a lot more as I'm going to these <laughs> events. That, that in and of itself would be, be helpful. Just kind of, hey, you know what? There's, there's people there. I can talk to people there that can help me out. That's true. I do yeah. like being in the position I am locally, like in Colorado with uh, like NASA and because uh, NASA has always been kind of like the more pointy edge of strictness and stuff where I can say like, yeah, go ahead and run in TTB or yeah, let me know what you need or hey, are you having a good time and feel like there's just not enough of that. And then Colorado SCCAs with their time type program, it's kind of like more disorganized where like you don't know where you're supposed to be, but it is super chill at the same time. Where I'm trying to keep it chill, but trying to hone in some of that organization so people like know where they're supposed to be and confident that they're going where they want to be and confident that they're going to have a good time and, and all that other stuff. And I like mm. being in that kind of that position-ish or whatever where I'm helping people have a good time, but also bring some organization and answer those questions before they're even like thought of. Hey, this is where grid is. This is where you take, you come offline. This is where you do that. Or I think that's gonna, I think that helps a lot because there's just not, there's just not enough of that. You know, a lot of organizers are just organizers. A lot of drivers are just drivers. And like Jeanette's in a unique position where she's actually like works for a company that it's advantageous that she has experience with both and 
I've learned a lot from her experience too. And from my own experience as a driver to try and do those same things and kind of help answer those questions like guys like Nigel would have, or like anybody would have or put people into contact with people or I don't know. Like I, I think it's, I think it's something that we're trying to do, but I mean, it's something that I'm actively trying to do because of the experiences that we're all talking about here. Well, mm -hmm. that that's the one, the question I wanted to ask uh, Ryan and Jeanette is because now you've been on literally completely both sides of it. You've been a driver and you've attended events just as drivers and, and, and whatnot, but now you've, you've completely put on events like hundred percent, like you've, you've run the organization of the event as well. And I've, I've, we've done track days in the past and I've, I've organized them a little bit, but like has organizing an event changed your perspective on being a driver at your event? And I mean, it, it sounds like Ryan, from what you're saying, it absolutely has, but I just wondered maybe if, if that has changed anything for you. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Like I was just saying, I mean, I feel like I know it's, I've been doing the roads, the time trials thing from like a short amount, uh, short enough of time that I can remember like my first event, you know, three or four years ago at Gridlife, but I've done enough of it that I feel like I have like this big collection of experiences and I'm social enough where I get to pick from a lot of other people's experiences. So like from a driving and kind of what to expect from an organizer, I've definitely got, feel like I've got a good handle on it. Mm -hmm. How about you, Jeanette? What do you think? Um, I'm sorry. It, 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 it's, it's an overwhelming question for me for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, definitely being a, a, a beginner driver, I think that's like, I've, and I've said that so many times because I, I wasn't in the car world before I started driving. Like I didn't really look at cars. I didn't really like get excited about them. And I feel like that sometimes is an advantage because it is a completely fresh, fresh set of eyes on the event date. Um, where it, you get to step back and you're not distracted by all the, the drivers and the cars and the action and stuff like that. You actually see in what's happening and where people are going and the flow of things and, and who, and the staff even. So, um, I actually think in a lot of ways that's been an advantage for me and running the event has made me more appreciative of the other organizations that I go to and more aware of what they're going through. Sure. Um, I used to just go and just be naive and like, oh, why is there such a long way? Oh, why? Blah, blah, blah. And like, now I get it. Like, oh, okay, you guys are doing awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah, it, it's definitely, there's, there's a, a whole lot of things happening behind the curtains that drivers don't see. Sure. And, and it's something, it, it, it's hard, it, unless you get completely on the side of it, the, the appreciation for it is hard to acquire per se. But it's something worth keeping in mind that like, you know, there's a lot going on in an event. And so like, if you talk to one person, you're trying to like, hey, where's the false grid? And you get a response that's maybe a little prickly. Yeah. Who knows what they're dealing with at that moment? Just maybe yeah. go off and find somebody else or another driver and don't, yeah. don't take it personally. Because yeah, I mean, there's these track days, there are so many moving parts. It's, it's crazy. And especially the less people that are there running the event, the more stress is on each one of those individuals. And so you just, you never know if you're, if you're, what you're, what you're getting into necessarily, if, if you do get a kind of a, a prickly response. Yeah, I actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because that, that is legit. And I mean, we, we know other people in other organizations who run events that are like probably the, the top tier of best quality human beings that you can find web, way better humans than I am. 
and they, they get caught off in a weird moment or in a rough spot. And someone just assumes that they're this awful person. It's like, no, they're great. It just, it was just the wrong time. Right. And there's mm-hmm. a lot going on and you just never know. Um, we've experienced that where somebody made a complaint about one of our staff person, like, oh, he's just too grumpy or whatever. Like you don't realize he's actually doing like six things at once. And a lot of that has to do with safety. Like he's sure. focused. He's not there. He's not a customer service role. He's doing a safety role. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's interesting, a different perspective. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. It, it's, and it's, it, it's taking everything with a grain of salt. I mean, as you're, as you're getting ramped up to go to an event, as you're at the event and as you're participating, it's just, yeah, it, it, it kind of what it, what has been bouncing around in my mind is like, try and be aware of, are you putting the stress on yourself or is there actually an urgency or, or as a, like a, a high level of importance of what you're doing that to, to keep the event going. And if, if you, if you're just putting all the stress on yourself, then it's, if you can be aware of that, then that's probably a good reminder to just kind of take a step back, just relax. Like, do not, you, you, there's enough going on. You don't need to heighten the stress level on yourself unduly. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do though. So easy. To do. <laughs> oh yeah. As, as I say that, I'm probably going to do it later today. I mean, it just, <laughs> it, it just, it always happens. Yes. Well, very cool. Well, I, I think as, as we're winding down, like, is there just any other thoughts you guys have on, on this? Like maybe, maybe words of advice for somebody that is that has been prevented from going to an event because like just like as they get close to it or like they get close to like you know signing up for an event they just they can't take that first step i Um, i would say oh sorry no i would i would say um do your best to let go of the expectations that everything's going to go right like, I mean, something, something's not going to be the perfect scenario. The car is either going to have issues or you're not going to drive your best, or there's going to be someone who's faster than you and they're your close friend and you hate them for it. Or, um, it's just, it's just, just let go of that expectation and be prepared to roll with the punches and just adapt as you go. I really think that that's the best thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah, I agree too. I mean, it's about being fluid. Um, and about, I think people should have confidence that if it's your first event, that it's not going to go 100% um, smooth, just like Jeanette's saying, but there's definitely people there who are way willing to help. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love doing the instructing for, for Good Life when I was doing it for NASA. You get to, like, the, if you're a good instructor and you're really personable and stuff like that, and this is... I think a good reason why people shouldn't just jump straight in the competition, like doing a DE or whatever is I think really good advice. Um, You get paired with that person who's invested in your success. So Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're thinking about going to your first grid live or your first NASA event or your first SCA event or whatever, signing up for the HPDE literally puts somebody in contact with you that is invested in your success. Like, you don't have to worry about trying to find somebody. They're looking for you. You've got like a built-in buddy. So yeah. doing that, I think is, a, I think a, a really good idea, honestly. Yeah. I, I have to say, like, I really have enjoyed all of the NASA events that I've participated in. That That's a big part of it. And also just having the, the structure has been a huge part of it. I can, I can definitely see where some people would be turned off by the structure, but kind of for some of the stuff that we've talked about before, for me, having the structure and knowing that like the people that I'm going on track with are a group of people that are 
kind of more or less in my same experience level mm-hmm. has, has really been awesome. It's like, I'm not going to be driving on the, on the track with somebody that's like one races or whatever. Like I, I'm learning and the people that, that I'm on track with are learning with me, you know, and, and like, like I said, for the first couple of stages where you have somebody that is invested in what you're doing and that's there to really like some, I think for some of the HPD one, like it's as much as like, this is how we get on track. We're getting yeah. on track now. This is what to pay attention to at the track. And now we're getting off the track, you know, like yeah. literally to have kind of like the training wheels on to just kind of like take that anxiety of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Well, we're, we're putting somebody in your passenger seat that's going to walk you through every step so that like now you yeah. know what the flow is like. Now you know where to go, what to do. That I, it's just been a really positive experience. Yeah, I mean, I even go so far as to usually reach out to my ducklings before an event, like the week of, email them, and then try and address some of the basic questions like, hey, like, what do I need to bring with me? It's like, okay, awesome. Here's the, you ready for the flat irons, seamless plug? All right. Here's the flat irons video that shows you what to consider to bring with you to the track, like that's on the YouTube. You know, when you have like, it shows you fluids and basic stuff. Answer those questions. What kind of brake pads? What kind of brake fluid do you have? You know, I even go that that extra step to um, to make that bridge that connection, so that people aren't arriving and then like take. We all know everybody in this you know four window lineup already knows that your track day doesn't start at eight a.m. the day of the event. Your track day sometimes starts in a week or a couple weeks in advance. Yeah. And um, because of that preparation, you know, people sometimes people don't even think about like the helmet, like what kind of helmet they need yeah. or what kind of brake pads they have or what kind of brake, like how recent is their oil change? I mean, it's just the basic little things because cars don't behave on track the same way they behave, you know, when you're yeah. driving to, to Kroger's or whatever. Yep. So, so you I mean, Nigel. that's, oh. yeah. Sorry. Uh, mine would be just like, remember that no matter what stress level you're at or what skill level you're at, everybody else at the track is either right there with you or has been there with you. Mm. So the, the, the thing I found is any event I've been to has been, has had an amazing support system of just like other drivers who have been in the situation I'm in where it's my first track day, my first ever track day. I randomly parked next to a kid who it was his first track day. So we bonded over that and we had went through those experiences together of like, figuring things out for the very first time and then my first competition event i was like wandering around cluelessly and people were like hey go do this you need to get car teched here like you know nobody there started out above their first time everybody had a first time experience and everybody there is usually pretty willing to like help you through that and then the more times you go the more you can like just gather that experience and and feel more confident and comfortable going through it. And that's been my biggest like takeaway is everybody else was there. Everybody else was where I started. That's a really helpful thing to remember. Yeah. I I think if I was to give a piece of advice, it would be, if you want to go, you've got to go and and just go. And I, I remember the first time I ever drove on track was at a, second creek raceway which is it doesn't doesn't even exist anymore and it was just an open track day and i think i did a grand total of 10 laps i got really excited i got on the track like right towards the end of one of the sessions 
I did like two laps and got flagged off. And so I had to come off and then I was there with some friends and there was a lot of excitement in the pits. And then I went on again and it was like, I got there like late in the session, whatever. And like, I think I got two or three sessions on there, just a handful of laps, but it was even that it was just awesome, but it took a lot to get me there. But once I did it, it was just, it was, even just a handful of laps. It was just a really fun experience. And that's what got me hooked. And I you know keep going back since. And I guess the other thing I would say is every next track day that you go to, no matter what, no matter if it goes completely wrong is going to make the one after that even easier. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, it, if you really want to do this and you're interested in it, just know that there's momentum that builds up. Like every subsequent track day is going to make the one that comes after that even better, even easier. You're going to, you're going to find out things. You're going to find, you know, find the way to prepare for the track day, go to the track, run at the track and then come home from it. That's just going to make everything better and easier. You just have to get, get started and just have to, if, if you go out there and you do like a couple laps that that could be enough and that just get the ball rolling. And remember, it's for about having fun. You're doing yep, it because fun. it's fun to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Try, try to say that to some really competitive drivers and they'll scoff at you, but it's all you're having fun. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, even the weekend where I put my car on the wall, like I can, I can point out all the places where I had fun that weekend. And that was terrifying and stressful for so many different reasons. You know, my first competition event and like, you know, failures and working on the car, you know, two days in a row and then crashing it. Like that was still a fun weekend. Like I can look back on it positively. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much there's, if you, if you let yourself be aware of it, there's so many good things that can go on outside of just you being in the car at the event. Absolutely. There, there's no perfect track date, but they're all, they're all usually pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Well, very cool. Well, we've, we've, we've taken about about an hour, so we're kind of winding down. So I think, uh, unless anybody's got some final thoughts, this is as good a place to wrap up as any. Does anyone else just want to go drive really bad right now? Oh man. I just want to yeah. get on track. <laughs> it, every time we do one of these podcasts, I come out of it and I'm like, I just, I just want to go now. And it's, yeah. but I've got to like drive, drive the desk for another handful of hours. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, it, there's not- something about driving that just talking about it just makes, no matter what it is, it just makes you want to go out and do it. Not that this is a closing statement, but on like the topic of being stressed, I'm this weekend, like, I guess I'm leaving tonight to prepare for it, but I don't have to build a car, prepare a car or anything. All I've had to do the last couple of days to prepare for this event was check, make sure my fireproof socks are in my bag, install a little mic system in my helmet. Like it's been so like this event that's coming up for me this weekend, which is lemons is like so chill and exciting that I don't have to do anything. I just literally arrive and drive it. I'm really looking forward to it. And you talk about like the least amount of stress going into any kind of event. I'm just like, I can't even believe I'm driving this weekend because it doesn't even feel like it. Like all the prep and stuff that I usually do, like I'm leaving the trailer behind, you know, I'm just picking up, you know, Cokes to go with my bourbons and, you know, Mm -hmm. I have my suit and I'm literally just going to sit in a Miata and drive for hours. And I'm just excited about like, this is, it's just so much fun to drive somebody else's car that you don't have sure. to worry about at all. <laughs> and this, like is, this, this is what, this is what driving for years and years and years and having all that experience looks like of that. Mm-hmm. There is no anxiety of driving and mm-hmm. no, like, it's just, just pure excitement. Like it takes time to get there. And that's, that's, uh, unfortunately that's Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's okay because honestly like that can be a, enough of a motivator again to get you to that first event is like just know that, like this is going to be a process there's going to be steps along the road but if you stick with it and you put in the work there's going to be a point where just like all of a sudden you know, you know what you got to do you know where what you're going what your process is and you can really just focus on driving and enjoying the fact that you're driving and just have have a, a great relaxed weekend to do that it, it's it's there that the dream can happen absolutely <laughs> i love it yes well very good well thank you guys very much for being open to, to having a conversation about this and, and making the time and sitting down for the podcast once again so really appreciate it heck yeah it was fun yes and to everybody thanks out there much. thanks very much for listening and uh, until next time as always stay tuned with flatterns tuning All right thanks so much <laughs>